Hold on, hold on, hold on. Care to come on the podcast to discuss? Welcome to the Care to Discuss podcast. I'm Logan Reardon alongside Peter Dewey and Brian Murphy. We're here in Albany. Greatest place on earth. Greatest place on earth. Uh, the extended stay in, if you if you want to come find us. Uh, don't. Just walk, don't. Yeah, extended probably, stay in America. Don't find us. <laughs> All right. um, so we just got up here. Me and Brian got up here. Last night, watched some games. Uh, Pete got up here this afternoon. Pete, initial impressions of Albany? Just the same as I left it last year. Nothing has changed in Albany. <laughs> Absolutely nothing has changed. It's the same place. Oh, God, all right. Literally uh, the drive to the arena, <laughs> nothing has changed. I was like, yup, here we go again. But, hey, um, it's great to be back. You know, I'm excited, Logan. Brian, first two days in Albany in your life. Thoughts? Uh, not really at all what I expected. I can, I can tell you, I never would have thought that I'd be up at midnight at a college basketball center watching hoops. Yes. That I never thought would ever happen. So that was, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's pretty interesting. Albany is an interesting city. It's a, it's, it's pretty cool though. I do like it being up here. The MAC is a special conference. It is for sure. Um. So, transitioning that, we've got a little bit of women's basketball happen today. Quinnipiac with just another win. You know, uh, they won 63-48 over Fairfield in the MAC women's quarterfinal game. Uh, Fairfield held them to 48 points last time. And uh, had they done that again, they'd been going overtime. But they didn't. So, Quinnipiac, big win. Brian, you wrote the recap. Uh, I guess just what were your, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, I mean, it's kind of like the big leader stepped up. I mean, I know one of the things the last year has been the five seniors that they had, and they had the three, Brittany Martin, Jen Fay, and Aaron McClure. All three of them got double digits and points, and kind of Trish talked about just how she can rely on them pretty much all the time. She's probably talking about that post-game. They got off to a hot start. I mean, they went up on a 12-0 run, and that pretty much took that and ran with it. Never really was that close. Uh, Fairfield brought it within six, I want to say, in the third quarter. But after that, it was just all Quinnipiac. So they used that hot start right to their advantage. Give credit to Fairfield. I mean, they battled pretty much the entire game. I mean, they got back into it. Um, but, I mean, you can't go down 12-0 to a team like Quinnipiac and expect to come back and win. Yeah, that was the thing for me, too. It, it seemed like they didn't come out ready to play at all. No. And that's the reason they lost, because they played them – pretty even the rest of the way they were outscored by nine in the first quarter they lost the game by 15 so it was really pretty close the rest of the way they outscored them in the second yeah and had they just shown up for those first five minutes where they were scoreless we might have been talking about a different story yeah exactly and even they had they brought it to a point they had an opportunity where i mean they showed that they were dominant I mean, they quinnipiac didn't score a point for like the last three something minutes of the second yeah, quarter second so quarter, yeah. It was like they showed that they could keep up with them. They kind of flashed it a little bit at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, but then they went they went ice cold the last half of the third quarter. They didn't score any points. And I think they just didn't carry any momentum into the final quarter for them to make a run out of comeback. Yeah, so Fairfield, like, what, three minutes left in the third, five minutes left in the third? They cut it to 39-33, the lead, Yeah. to six. And that's kind of when you saw 
Quinnipiac seniors step up like you were mentioning before. I mean, Jen Fay had a huge block that led to a foul down the other yeah. end, got a couple free throws, and that kind of got them back on track, and they scored uh, nine straight to end that, that quarter and go into the fourth quarter with a pretty commanding 15-point lead. Yeah. And at that point, it was for Fairfield to overcome a 15-point deficit in the fourth quarter when they only scored 33 points in the first three quarters yeah. was going to be pretty tough. And, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be Fairfield. Any team yeah. going to try going against Quinnipiac, coming into the fourth quarter, down 15. It's hard enough to do against any team, but to do it against Quinnipiac women's basketball, it's it's next to impossible. Yeah. So, again, the seniors going for their four, fourth straight, right? Or third, third straight. Third straight max title. Third yeah. straight max title. So they're trying to get back for the third straight year to the NCAA tournament. Uh, looking good as of now. They are going to play coming up on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. They are going to play the winner of number four, Monmouth, versus number five, Canisius. And that game tips off tomorrow afternoon. Uh, this afternoon, by the time you're listening to this, probably uh, 2.30 on Saturday. So Quinnipiac will have fresher legs. They will have the higher seed, but the game is at 11 a.m. A little bit awkward. Um, not too awkward, though, because they played at 1 today after the award show, so not yeah. not the end of the world, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, they'll have an early shoot-around. They talked about how a lot today yeah. about how the early shoot-around helped them. So Yeah, McClure so, talked about that, how yeah. she likes getting the reps in. And I think that'll probably will that be the first game. It will probably, be, yeah. yeah yep. So you can get out there a little earlier, kind of dictate when you're going to get your reps in, so... Another just advantage of them being the number one seed, being able to have that um, advantage over other seeds like the number two or the number three. Right. And on the other side, Ryder, who me and Pete talked about as probably their biggest threat in this tournament, uh, the number two seed, uh, they they were down 15 at the half to a 10-seeded Iona team with, with less than 10 wins on the season, and they were down 15 at the half, and it was looking pretty bad, but they ended up coming back and winning that game, so... Ryder stays alive. Me and Pete's uh, runner-up pick for the women's side stays alive. I think it just goes to show how good Quinnipiac women's basketball is. Because, yeah. like, we're sitting here saying, like, oh, Fairfield got it within eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ryder yeah. was down 15. Ryder was down 15, yeah. So it's ironic because they were up 16 at the end of the first quarter against Quinnipiac, like, two weeks ago, and they couldn't even um, hold that Close lead. That, yeah. So for them to come back from that – deficit against Iona obviously it is impressive but at the same time I think it just shows the gap between Quinnipiac and the rest of the field yeah for sure it's it's going to be so tough for a team to to beat Quinnipiac here in Albany I think uh Fairfield was, was one of the best options and they again like they had moments they just couldn't string it together for long enough periods of time both offensively and defensively and that's just kind of what what limited them in this game they just couldn't couldn't do it for long stretches, but um, yeah, I mean they really only played six players the entire game. I mean Quinnipiac only had around seven or eight playing. Um, Trish got in a few of the rotation guys. We didn't really see much of some of the other players. I know like Jaden Ward had like a minute and a half, yeah. where she usually gets more minutes. Um, but I mean if you're gonna try and roll out basically only six players, I mean they're gonna get tired. They're gonna, you know, they're not gonna be a hundred percent by the time you're gonna get to the second half. So it's tough to maintain that. Even if, like I mean, like we said, Fairfield stayed with them for a while, but if you're only going to rely on pretty much one person coming off the bench to fill in for five players, it's it's just kind of a recipe for disaster. You're not going to be able to beat a team like Quinnipiac that way. Yeah, Quinnipiac did shorten the rotation a little bit. They yeah. played their starting five, the five seniors, and then Taylor Hurd, who won sixth 
person of the year earlier in the day that was announced uh so that was a big thing she played decently off the bench she made a couple threes she hit a big three during that uh like late in the third quarter when they were kind of starting to reel a little bit um and then Paige Warfel played. And then Paige Warfel played. So that was really the the key contributors off the bench, but those seven were really the main mm-hmm. source of minutes there. I mean, uh, Mackenzie DeWeese played a minute early yeah. in the game, but she came out pretty quickly. Um, that was pretty much it, though. That's really all they needed. Yeah, it just goes to show you how deep they are. I mean, if they wanted to, they probably could have went 9, 10 deep today. Yeah, and like exactly. they just they don't have to. So right. other teams, you know... They can really only go six deep, yeah. and then you look at the the talent gap. It's just insane. And, I mean, it helped out. I mean, you could kind of tell. We talked about how they kind of really were struggling to finish off that first half strong. It probably had to do with the fatigue and the fact that pretty much you had those seven players out there. And you could tell that they're offensively. They just looked out of sync. They looked uncomfortable. It didn't It didn't look like the same team that had started off the game in a 12-0 run. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact is, they got that break down their intermission, and were able to kind of you know rest up their legs and come out firing back in the second half. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's pretty much all we got for women's for now, right? I mean, Quinnipiac will be picking things back up on Sunday, so we'll have a day off for them, and the men will play tomorrow. So, the men are gonna play tomorrow at seven. They're gonna play number Monmouth. six Monmouth, who topped number 11 Niagara last night uh me and Brian were there for that one it was a it was a close game most of the way uh Dewey's guy Marvin Prochet missed a big three late could have tied it went in and out uh, uh but Monmouth came away with the win that's a team that Quinnipiac's beaten twice this year Pete you think they can they can make it three I think they can it's tough to beat a team three times but I I the thing with Monmouth, and we were talking about this a lot today, they don't have, like, a star. Like, they don't have a guy who's just going to go, like, like a Marvin Prochet who can, like, single-handedly, if he has a great day, beat you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louis Polari's not bad. Ray Salnave is not bad. But I, I feel like Monmouth is it's more their team. And, like, we we talked about um, yeah, the other day, Logan, is in these kind of tournaments, it's sometimes, like, the best player can – single-handedly win you a game the cam youngs the Jalen Pickett's, those are the type of guys that go out there and they completely take over today we almost saw it we'll get into it with st peter's almost that one player take over and get them an upset so i think that that's really what this game is going to come down to i think quinnipiac is if they i think they're clearly the better team than Monmouth. they proved it during the regular season and i think this is they win this game they're going to put themselves in a very good position um going forward i think with just with the way that the tournament has looked so far and obviously we're going to discuss the the men's side i think quinnipiac is anybody can win that's what we're seeing and i think quinnipiac is clearly one of those teams that is has got a shot to win it yeah definitely so uh just kind of a little men's update overall since we haven't talked in a couple of days now um so st peter's Ended up beating Marist. Me and Pete both got that one wrong. It's upset. Uh, Crazy. It wasn't upset. It was an eight nine game. But uh, uh, Manhattan beat Fairfield. Pete had that one, and then uh, Monmouth beat Niagara. Neither of us had that one. So I was uh, I was zero for three on day one. <laughs> it was a tough look. Uh, we'll get into the two games today. Starting with the seven o'clock game, it was Iona versus St. Peter's, who we both counted out and figured that last year's success was kind of chalked up to their coaching staff and the way that they were they were coached up by John Dunn 
and they really proved today that it was not just John Dunn. Yeah, though I mean, they can play. St. Peter's plays hard, and they I mean they were up in the second half on Iona by five six for most of the second half, and then Iona went on a run. Ricky McGill hit a big three, and um, really the story that that game was Tawan Asie just made tough bucket after tough bucket to keep Iona in the game, and then. EJ Crawford made some free throws. Ricky McGill had a big three. But like I was saying before, St. Peter's almost single-handedly won that game because Devontae Turner was probably the best player on the floor. He scored like 10 points in the final minute and a half of the game. And then he missed a front end of a one-on-one with two seconds left and down one, down one yeah. and it cost him the game. And that it's so tough because like you look back on you're like, well, he's an 83% free throw shooter. If he just hits that free throw, at least they get a shot in overtime. And AG had fouled out on that play. Yep. But at the same time, they're not even close to even in that situation if he doesn't hit three consecutive threes. Like, not like wide open looks. Like, yeah, tough, tough off shots. Off the dribble. Like, off yeah. the dribble, one on the yeah. shot clock. Like, he hit some big shots. Like, you can't even – it's tough for a kid who's a senior, but you can't even fault him for – for that because that's just that, that's that's just it, it's so tough for for you to say that you know he cost them the game when they're not even there without his performance and then on the other side the 2-7 game Manhattan and Canisius Canisius literally we're watching it right now just won in overtime 69-65 and it's just it, I think it shows like the top seeds are I, I thought Iona was so much better than the field when we were talking about this like I think I'm wrong I think just everybody in the MAC is just yeah. They're all so close. Like any, literally anybody can win on any given night. And like the two top seeds won tonight, but they had to work for it. It wasn't like it was yeah. handed to them. All five, the first five games, all five games have been decided by four points or less. That's crazy. All five games. So, and these aren't like closely seeded games. Besides the eight nine game, most of these seedings are pretty far apart. Mm-hmm. And even today, like you have a two seven and a one nine. And they were both tight, tight games. Both probably should have gone to over. One of them went to overtime. One of them probably should have gone to overtime. There was an overtime game yesterday between St. Peter's and Marist. It's it's gonna be fun these next couple of days. I think, oh yeah. I think anyone's got a shot, really. No, one hundred percent. I that's. I just think it's. It shows like what we saw in the conference standings. Why there was a four way tie for second place. Why there was such a huge tie at the end of the conference that Niagara ends up in eleventh, even though like it, they it didn't look like on paper they should be in 11th it's everybody is so close together and I, I think for Quinnipiac that plays to their advantage because they have the best player in the conference and when everybody talent wise is so close together and you have the best player you automatically it, you it feels like you have an advantage because you have the guy like Cam Young who like the unanimous player of the yeah. year like that we haven't last year we had co-players of the year that's how great different the Mac was from last year to this year so yeah. I think that's that's a, a sign to where Quinnipiac has to look to in terms of where can we finish in this tournament. Yeah, having the best player in a tournament, especially in March, especially when it's a senior, especially when it's a guard, especially a guy who's been there before. This is now his second second MAC tournament. They made the semis last year. He knows what this place is like. He scored fifty five in this building two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gonna be tough to stop Cam Young if he can stay efficient. I think the only concern going forward is how teams play him. They've been playing zone the past couple games. We've seen Monmouth do it against them. We saw Monmouth playing zone yesterday against Niagara a little bit. These teams know they have the book on Quinnipiac. They know you have to play zone to stop them. And I think that Quinnipiac's going to – the way that they 
the way that they react to these zones and if they can break these zones and get open looks teams will have to switch out of zone and if they can do that then cam will be able to get going yeah yeah that that's the whole thing you have to have other guys hit shots exactly. in the zone and then the other the biggest thing is if you can get if Quinnipiac can get something going in the zone it's like we were saying the other day that how they need to get some kind of inside presence and they need to get something out of Jacob Bergoni from 3 but if you break a zone, they're going to have to go man. Like, you can't just sit in a zone the whole game. Right. You force a team out of a zone by getting up on them when they're in the zone. Then you're forcing them to go man. That's the only way that you have to you right. have to change something up. Right. And I think for everybody in this tournament, like, I don't think there's a single guy one-on-one who can guard Cam Young. There's nobody in the league who can do it. Nobody has done it the whole year. So if you're Quinnipiac, if teams want to come out in zone, other guys got to step up. And if other guys step up... You're gonna find yourself in a really good position in games because it doesn't. It seems like it doesn't matter what you do. Cam finds a way to get twenty. So if you get a couple other guys who are making shots, they they're gonna be in a good position. Yeah, I mean that's that's perfectly said. I mean Brian, what else what else do you have to add with this? I think I mean there's certainly the big advantage of having the best player in the conference on your team, but at the same time you can't rely too much on him. I think that's one of the things that's been talked about with this team all year is. You kind of live and you kind of die with Cam Young. We talked about how you know he's obviously the number one option. Rich Kelly's the number two, but then who's the number three? And so I think for, I mean he's been pretty consistent all year where you know what you're gonna get out of him. You're gonna get twenty plus points, but we've seen where he doesn't get that. You know, just last game he only had what sixteen points yep. against Manhattan, yeah. and they come out and they lose. So if he's just having an off day, or even if he's you know. I mean, 16 is not horrible, but that's obviously under average for Cam Young. Right, they need more. They need more, and it's just a matter of who's going to step up, and there really hasn't been anyone that's going to take over that three spot all year. So, uh, to me, it seems like this is a team that if Cam Young's going to be on his A game for the rest of this tournament, they have a very high chance of winning the MAC championship. But even if he slips up one game and has even a bad let's say a bad half or something like that, that could be what breaks this team and knocks him out of the tournament. That's definitely true. Yeah, I mean, he he can't have a game that he just had against Manhattan. He can't – they can't afford that at all. And, I mean, last time against uh, Monmouth just – I think it was, what, two weeks ago? He went 5 for 15, but he got to the line 15 times. I think it was 15 F- times. He was 12 like thir- for 15 Yeah, 12 for yeah. 15 from the line. If he, can, if he can find a way to score that way, that's fine. But the way he played against – Manhattan, he wasn't getting to the line and he wasn't making shots, so that really was just nothing was going right for him. The thing, the thing against Manhattan too, he only took twelve shots. Like Cam Young can't take twelve shots tomorrow; he has to take fifteen plus. That should be the first thing, no matter what. I don't care if they double like Manhattan doubled him off of every single screen and roll. They basically doubled him every time he touched the ball, and like you got to find a way to get him open. Like I don't care if that means moving him around in the zone, putting him in the middle, having him run the baseline. He's got to get shots no matter what because it, it that's just the way this team has been all year. You can't go away from it at this point. Like he needs to get 15 plus shots because if he gets 15 plus shots, he's going to score 20 plus points. And that's a huge thing to be able to just know. You know if Cam gets 15 shots, he's going to score 20 points. It's been the recipe like the guy since last year since out of non-conference play. It was literally a it's a rarity when he doesn't score 20 points. It really is. If you go through the stats, there's a handful of games that he hasn't scored 20 points since yeah. the middle of last year. I think it was all but two MAC games this year that he scored 20. Which is crazy. All but three. three. All but three, yeah. So, like, you can't even, like, there is, when they play MAC games, like, he's going to get his. So, I think tomorrow, 
if if Manhattan if Monmouth wants to be you know cute with it and play his own, they gotta come out you know with this. We're gonna break the zone and make them change it up. And I think Quinnipiac's gotta play. Last year they played with house money, and it was kind of like you know nobody expects us to win a game, so let's let's just see what happens. This year you gotta play with the the mindset that like hey we belong here and like this is our tournament to win and like there's nobody on, that we're playing that is better than us that we can't win this tournament. Because if you go out with the mindset that, you know, they, and they should have it, though. These games today, like, Iona's good, but they're not they're not unbeatable. Kanisha's is good. They're not unbeatable. Like, you have to – they have to come in with that mindset that, like, this is their tournament to win. And it until somebody outplays them, it's it's their tournament to win. I think that's a, a, fair, a fair claim to make with how they played in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, just them – them playing Saturday gives them the advantage of watching the first two days of the tournament unfold. And by watching the first two days of the tournament unfold, they can see that literally anything can happen this tournament. Both of the higher seeds today probably should have lost. I own a one by two. Like we said, uh, Devontae Turner missed the front end of a one and one down one with two seconds left. And then Manhattan was up pretty much the entire game. And then it went to overtime Canisius' best player fouled out at the end of regulation, and they still didn't win in overtime. Both of the lower seeds probably should have won today, and they didn't. But a couple of lower seeds did win in on uh, Thursday, and that could easily happen tomorrow for I, sure. I think the other thing you got to take from this at the at the same time is if you're Quinnipiac, like both Canisius and Iona got off to bad starts. Like Canisius was down big early; they they were down seventeen to six. Like yep. they came out of the gate really slow. You have to guard against a letdown if you're Quinnipiac. Like it doesn't matter that you haven't played in a in a week almost. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be six days since they last played a game. They have to come out tomorrow. I think that benefited them last year that they were able to get a game under their, their belt mm-hmm. on Thursday before they came out Friday and they kinda of caught Canisius by surprise last year. Right. I think tomorrow you have to guard against the letdown. You can't get out to one of these slow starts because we've seen them have games where they have these really slow starts. But it seems like every game where they get out of the gates going going well they're very tough to beat because they're making three-pointers. And then when a couple guys are making threes, it seems like everybody wants to get in on the party. And then every guy who comes in it seems to hit a three. So I think tomorrow the biggest thing is the first four minutes of the game, we're going to know what type of game this is going to be for Quinnipiac. I'm not saying the game's going to be decided in four minutes. Yeah. But if they come out first four minutes and they shoot like four for their first six, we'll know you know they're they're here to play. But if they come out and they're sluggish – and they're not making shots, and they give up a couple easy hoops. Like all of a sudden, you got to get a little bit nervous because that that happened to these two teams today, and they both almost it almost cost them their tournaments. Yeah, and I think if you get out to a hot start, and you were like, if it was flipped today, where the higher seed got out to a hot start, I don't think it's as close. Not to the game. close, yeah. exactly, exactly. But that's the thing is these these the Iona and Canisius are good enough where if they get down, they are able to come back. And yeah, realistically, should they have lost? Probably there were plenty of chances for both Manhattan and um, who's the other one? St. Peter's to come out and win the game. So if you're Quinnipiac, it's like, do you really want to risk that where you go out to a slow start and then have to claw yourself back in? Because it's like, you've already seen that twice. Do we really think that's going to happen three mm-hmm. times? So it it just they can really they they set the tone early. They're putting themselves in the driver's seat and they're going to be able to dictate the role of the game. I mean, Pete, you said that Manhattan dictated the way. The game was played between Manhattan and Canisius tonight, mm-hmm. and obviously it took a while for Canisius to kind of you know adjust to that game, and yeah, they pulled out the victory, but it certainly wasn't easy by any means. So mm-hmm. 
I think if Quinnipiac can come out and dictate play and get going early and set the tone for the game, they're putting themselves obviously in the best position possible to win. Yeah. It's about throwing that first punch. I don't think Quinnipiac's done a great job of doing that this no. year as a whole. I think they've gotten out to some more sluggish starts than Baker Dunleavy would like to have seen. But on the other side, I don't know that Monmouth is the team that's going to throw a first punch like a team like St. Peter's and Manhattan. Those are two teams that are, you know their game. They're going to play zone. They're going to pack it in. They're going to waste the shot clock. They're going to use all 30 seconds, and they're just going to wear you down, possession by possession. Monmouth, I don't know if they're a team like that that's going to set the tone, and I think that benefits Quinnipiac more so. Oh, yeah. For sure. So I think if Quinnipiac can hit a few shots early, especially guys like Jake Rigoni, Tyrese Williams, those guys can hit shots early. I think Quinnipiac's going to be in great shape for the rest of the way. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how Tyrese will. I mean, this is his first playoffs. Yeah. To see how he is with the bigger spotlight mm-hmm. on him, you know he could be he he's been a difference maker in games this year. Where I, mean, I talked about how they need a third guy, he stepped up and has been the third guy. But there's other games where he's gone quiet, so I think he could be one of those guys that could kind of make or break it. So we'll see what he has. I mean, his first look at the MAC tournament. Yeah, I, it's a, it, Logan. I I love that throw the first punch tomorrow like that. That's where it's got to come. You, It's the first four four to eight minutes. That's where mm-hmm. you're going to be able to tell what, what Quinnipiac team is showing up today. Like, that's that's where we see it. And I think the the thing I think both Iona and Canisius, they had a disadvantage of being the one and the two. Like, you're the first higher seeds to play. Right. So, like, you get punched in the mouth a little bit by a team that already played yesterday. And you're like, whoa, okay, we're not going to just have a cakewalk. But, like, Quinnipiac, you have – not only do you get to see these other teams play, but we saw it last year, too, where Ryder and Canisius both got knocked out. And then the next day, Iona played really, really well. Yep. And then who was the, the three last year? It was – um, but yeah, but either way. But, like, yeah, you come out and, like, the teams that played on the second day, like, they, I thought they looked a lot better in terms of playing their game. So I think if you're Quinnipiac, you just got to go out, play your game tomorrow, and – Hopefully you get you get going early. Like that's it. It really comes down to those first four minutes. Yeah. It's that's where you can really make or break what this this kind of game is going to be. Because the last thing you want to do is play catch up in a tournament game. Yep, for sure. I mean, any closing thoughts? I don't know what else we what else we have to add before they actually play. I think one of the. I mean, we kind of talked about how it could be perceived as a disadvantage where they might have to play the three games yeah. three days in a row. But I also think it could be an advantage because we kind of seen it where the two lower seeds came out from playing yesterday, mm-hmm. and they came out firing. You yeah. Know, and so they could have that advantage where it's like, obviously neither Monmouth had that day off, so they kind of like they don't have that momentum as much mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. But it's like if Quinnipiac can get a win, then they're playing right away next day. They're coming off kind of that high of you know, yeah. right, we got one underneath us. Let's just keep rolling. Where it's like. Some of these other teams, they have that day of rest, so it's like it may not work in their favor. Where, you know, maybe hypothetically, yeah, you, it's really not great to play three games in three days, but at the same time, it's like if you have that momentum and you want to keep rolling, that could work in your way as a positive. It is that is a good point. I think there's obviously you would love to have the day of preparation, but sometimes your best preparation is just being ready to play. And like you come off a win, and you're like, hey, you know. Like, I think that's a benefit sometimes in these, these smaller conference tournaments of being a lower seed because when everybody is so close talent-wise as it is this year, 
and like you get that win, that first win, and you start thinking in your head like, "Hey, we can win this thing. Like, why not us?" And I think if Quinnipiac wins tomorrow, all of a sudden you roll into that game against Canisius, who you lost to twice, and you're like, "Hey, why not us? Like, why can't we beat them? We did it last year. Let's do it again." And you get that kind of same where you're, it's yeah, you're playing off of, of a sort of adrenaline, but it's three games of basketball in three days. Like these guys are in great shape. Like we all know that. So like you, it's not it's not impossible to do it and win three games in a row. So I think if you put yourself in a position where you can continue to to play off what you did in the previous game, you're going to be putting yourself in a good spot. Both both Manhattan and St. Peter's did it tonight for sure, and they basically they almost upset the two top seeded teams, which would have been a, a crazy feat considering where they were in the conference this season. And I think how you win. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Obviously, coming off if you're going to go out. And you're gonna beat a team, you know, win by double digits. It's a lot different than what we saw tonight, where they're two the two hot top seeds barely scratched away a win. It's like if Quinnipiac can go out and they can get a dominant win, they're gonna be facing a Canisius team that it's like they didn't make a statement. They just went to overtime. Exactly. exactly. They had they, no momentum. Yeah. Canisius has no momentum. Exactly. Yeah. They basically they showed to everyone that they're beatable. Uh-huh. If Quinnipiac can go out and make a statement and be like, look, this is our tournament for ours, because that's not at all what Canisius and I are Nobody's did. done that. No one's done that at all. So Quinnipiac could be one of the first teams to be like, look, we're, this is how we're going to play. We're going to go out and we're going to win this tournament, and we're going to go and dominate. This isn't going to be any of those close games. We're not going to let an, a lower seed come and upset us. We're going to dictate how it goes for us. That's true. Five games decided by less than four points. You go out tomorrow and you make a statement one by like 15. Now all of a sudden you're looking team to be yeah exactly. you're looking yeah. like the team to be yeah for sure I mean tomorrow's gonna be a, just another crazy day I'm sure I mean the the Quinnipiac game on at seven and then you've got the Ryder Siena which is gonna be a really fun game the place four, is gonna be packed four or five matchup Siena. it's gonna be packed Albany is Siena's home in case anyone didn't know that um, place should be really crowded should be a really fun atmosphere hopefully. Two best players in the conference play tomorrow, too. I think tomorrow is probably the best. I think tomorrow might be the best day other than the other than championship Monday. It might be the best day of the tournament just because I think Quinnipiac-Monmouth will be a good matchup. Um, just I think I think Monmouth is very well coached, and the way they played them this year, the, this, the two times this year. Mm-hmm. And I think Sienna Ryder, I thought when we looked the at the right, it's the best game. Yeah. Like, it was by far the best game. Even... It might be better depending upon who we get in the, the championship, championship than the yeah. championship game. Like this is that is probably going to be the best game tomorrow. I'm very excited to watch that. Hopefully, after Quinnipiac can can take care of business. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, you guys. Uh, first late night Albany pod. It's in the fun. books. Yeah. Welcome to the club, Brian. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Shout out Connor. True. Shout out Connor. <laughs> shout out Connor. I wonder what he's doing right now, but shout out Connor. Man, all right. Well, I guess it's gonna wrap things up. Uh, that's pretty much all we got. I mean, right? Uh, I don't even know how do I end this. Say so thanks for joining us. Guys. All right. <laughs> this guy. I never know how to. All right. Just be like, we'll be, we'll <laughs> we'll be at, back we'll tomorrow. Be at the game, we'll have you covered from. I'm tomorrow. just gonna end yeah, it yeah. like this. I'm not gonna edit it. You won't. Logan wants no smoke right now. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Care Discuss podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you end.